please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Yeah, we're going to begin in Corinthians today. I know we've been looking at the epistles of John and almost said 1 John there, but <laughs> we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 because the Apostle Paul describes the reason for Easter and uh, the reason for the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, he says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. There is the death and the resurrection. He says Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Did you hear that? All shall be made alive. Hallelujah. In other words, because Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, then we too will be resurrected, hallelujah, from death into newness of life. Praise the Lord. And uh, as to what happened following Christ's uh, time in hell, when he paid the price for each and every one of us, remember we left that off again in our Good Friday service, uh, where he died on the cross and he went into hell for three days and three nights. And remember I said to you back then that, he did that for us. You know, he committed no sin whatsoever. And what he did for, was for us. And something miraculous happened in there. You know, when the, when the devil thought he had, that he had him, that there was no way. Nobody had escaped out of hell before that. You know, everybody that went to hell stayed in hell, okay? And, you know, and especially with the devil. Um, Jesus gave him so much trouble. I'm sure he thought, finally, I got him where I want him. And you know what Jesus was thinking? Finally, he's got me where I need him to want me to be. Is that, is that all? I don't know if that made sense. But okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, while the devil thought that he had the upper hand, Jesus Christ was, was exactly where he needed to be. Because he needed to overcome the enemy in his territory. He needed to be invited in. And he need, once he was there then he could plunder hell. And the way that this happens is found in Hebrews chapter 1. I really love these verses. A lot of people don't realize that Hebrews chapter 1, in these verses from verses 6 through 12, actually describes what happened after those three days and three nights. It describes what happened when, when Jesus Christ, after three days and three nights, has God the Father speaking down into hell. Remember he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And when he says it was finished, he gave up his spirit. Remember all of that? Because I said to you before uh, in the Good Friday service that Jesus Christ had to let go of his deity. He had to let go. Uh, you know, he had to become all man. Remember, he was all man and all God. And he had to let go of the all God part because you can't kill God. Okay? Because God inherently is life. He doesn't have life. He is life. And so he had to let go of all things were made by, you know, uh, uh, were created by him, and in him was the life, okay? So he had to let go of that in order to actually die, to go to hell. And so in doing that, in, in letting go of that life, now Jesus Christ, having paid the price in hell for three days and three nights, receives that life back into him. And that's what's brought out in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read there. It says that, and again, when, this is, uh, when he, talking about God, brings the firstborn, referring to Jesus Christ, into the world, 
he says, let all God's angels worship him. Now, this is incredible. He's saying of his own angels, he said, let, and you know, the, the, what's interesting is, and we need to understand something here. Remember that the, God, the Father is God. I don't know how to say this. The Father is God, and so is the Son. Remember, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, they're all God. Sometimes we forget that. We always seem to think that, oh, the Father is God, and then there's Jesus. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? But you need to realize something that God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so when we read these passages, we need to remember that all three are God. And so when, when references are made from God about the Son, it is also to God, okay? And so here he says, and again, when he, that is God, brings the firstborn, referring to Jesus Christ, into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. That is an incredible thing. You know, the worship of angels was to, to be, to, you know, to God only, and now we're beginning to understand that Jesus Christ has been restored back to his place as God. Hallelujah. And so suddenly, all the angels are worshiping. Can I ask you a question right now? What is, what is Lucifer? You got it. He's an angel. <laughs> okay? And so something incredible is going on. God the Father is saying, let all, all God's angels worship him. He created all of the angels. Are you getting this? Isn't this incredible? Okay? Verse 7, and he says of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. Verse 8, but of the Son, he, he that is God the Father, says, listen now, this is, this is God the Father speaking. He says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. He is literally calling Jesus Christ God. What's going on here? He is speaking into hell, and he, by, see, God does everything through his words. You know, he spoke the whole universe into existence. And he is now, and Jesus did that, by the way. And he is, God the Father is now speaking into hell. Listen, he is speaking into hell right now and calling Jesus Christ God and restoring his deity back to him. This, I, I can just imagine Satan going, oh no, we made a mistake. <laughs> okay, what is this? Because right there in hell, as these, words, as these words came down into hell, I can just see Jesus Christ suddenly standing up and all of this glory begins to shine out of him. And suddenly he is all man and all God once again, to the horror of the devil. <laughs> all right? So let's continue. So again, it says here, I'm back in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, but of the Son, he says, notice he says, of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. Verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Can you see the references to God on both sides? There's God the Son and God the Father. Verse 10, and in the beginning, Lord, you founded the earth. This is incredible. We are now finding out that it was Jesus Christ that founded the earth. Colossians tells us, I think it's Colossians 1.16, it says uh, all things were created by him and for him. Amen. And he says, the heavens are the work of your hands. Wow. Verse 11, he says, they will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing, like a, in verse 12, he says, like a cloak, you will roll them up. And like clothing, they will be changed. But he says, you are the same. And your years will never end. 
Praise God. This declaration restored everything that Jesus Christ was in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. And he's back to being God again. Hallelujah. And so, and, and right in the middle of hell. Hallelujah. And what follows, I've written here, I really like to read this to you. Uh, what follows is a humiliating defeat of epic proportions. <laughs> okay. When Jesus Christ overcoming all of the devil's might. Now remember again, that's described in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 as being principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, wickedness in heavenly places, all of that. He overcame them all. And the apostle Paul went on to say that in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, this is what he meant when he said, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this was a humiliating defeat in hell. Jesus Christ by himself, one guy took them all out. <laughs> you know, I really love this. You know, as, as, as depressing as Good Friday was, Easter Sunday, man, this service is rejoicing. Amen. I hope you're rejoicing with me right now because this is what he did. What's so special about all of this is that that resurrection life is what surges through you right now. That resurrection God is, lives in you right now. That power is available to you right now in the midst of everything that is going on in the world. That power is in you. And if you just allow it to come out, dear Lord, okay, it will destroy everything that tries to get on you. Hallelujah. So, we, we now see uh, Jesus triumph in hell. And what happens then? Only then can we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 28. Back on earth. Okay, so that was in hell. So, you know, we're, we're changing our scenery. We're going to the earth now. Because he has defeated all of hell. He has done what he needed to do. He died on the cross. He went to hell. Paid the price. Had his divinity restored. And now he's back on the earth. And so now we pick up. This, you know, this is all, this would be a beautiful scene, all right? Uh, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1, he, it says, now after the Sabbath. So, you know, the earth is doing all of its things. It has no idea what is going on down in hell. And it says, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And it says in verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake, all right? From, uh, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Are you beginning to see something here? So, so the, all these miraculous things, supernatural things are beginning to happen now. Do you know why? Because Satan has been defeated. Hell has been defeated. Jesus Christ has risen victoriously. And it's all back in his hands now. Hallelujah. Okay. And so now we have angels ascending, descending. All sorts of amazing things are happening again. And it says, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. I want you to notice that the angel rolled back the stone from the door, not Jesus. The, the, the stone was still at the door and Jesus is not in there. You know, he doesn't need the stone to be rolled away for him to get out. Did you know that? Did you notice that, you know, when he, he appeared to his disciples, the doors were locked, and then he suddenly appeared, and I, <laughs> I can just imagine, they kind of, wow, just jump out, and they go, well, where'd you come from? Okay, they were already freaking out, family. All right, and then Jesus suddenly appears. Wow, you know, like, beam me up, Scotty. All right, so he didn't need anything to be rolled over. He was in a glorified body now. He could walk through walls. It wasn't a problem to him. Anyway, so, so why did they roll the stone away? Well, because nobody knows he's gone. 
All the people seeing the stone there would, would just all assume he's still in there. So somebody had to come and roll that. Remember, they are his servants. The angels are his servants. They are doing their master's work. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, verse 2 again, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat on it. <laughs> Love that. Can you, I want you to see, you know, it's a very relaxed position. He wasn't standing guard. He didn't have his sword out. He rolled the stone and sat on the thing. Okay? And I, I love the, the description that they give in verse 3. It says his countenance or appearance was like lightning. Wow. And his clothing as white as snow. And the gods shook for fear of him. Of course they would. And became like dead men. It means that they were motionless and powerless. Okay? Verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the women. Notice he ignores all the guards because, you know, they're like freaking out. And he looks to the women because their job is to minister to the heirs of salvation, family. That's you and me. Okay? And the angel answered and said to the women. Uh, and Mark and, and Luke tell us who they are. I don't want to go into details right now. says, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Now, notice he was crucified. Okay? He didn't kind of half get crucified. All right, and then, then he, they, they, you know, they, they didn't think he was dead and all that garbage that's out there. He was crucified. The angel attests to that. And so he says there, uh, do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6, watch this. He says, he is not here, for he is risen. Praise God. Resurrection Sunday. That's where it comes from, okay? And he said, come. See the place where the Lord lay. Now, do you see that? Do you see that the angel says, come and have a look? Do you know why he could do that? Because the, the stone has been rolled away. And that's the whole purpose was for him to direct them to the place where he lay. He's not there anymore, but that's where he was. Okay? And um, let's, let's continue on. In Matthew 28 and verse 7, he says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going to be before you in Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. He said, well, that's my job. <laughs> okay. He said, you need to go tell the disciples. Now, I just think this is really interesting that an angel spoke to these women and told them to go tell. See, you know, this is preaching the word, family. There are people that say, well, you know, women can't preach the word. But what do you think they were just doing? They were given instructions by an angel to go preach to the disciples. You know what? If they were to go and preach to them that Christ is risen. See, that's the good news that we preach to people. And this is where you can find him. <laughs> All right? Okay. So anyway, I won't go any further with that one. All right. Verse 28, it says, So that they, that's the women, went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Verse 9, And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, I love this. It says, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. I, I really don't want to go past this. I want to show you something here. Do you see that even though the angels told them to go talk to the disciples, Jesus decides to meet them. Why didn't he go see the disciples first? I, I really need you to understand something here. Jesus loved them. Jesus doesn't have, about who, have a problem about who preaches the word, by the way. It's just men down here on the earth have problems with that. 
And I want you to notice that he decided, Jesus decided. He didn't say, well, I'm not going to show myself to women, you know, because then everybody will say, I showed, showed myself to women first. I, I need to go and show myself to, to the disciples, you know, because they're what's important is not what he thought. We, you know, the people down here think that stuff, but he didn't think that. I want you to notice that this is such a beautiful thing that as they went, he met them. Wow. In other words, he wanted to show them that he was still alive. And I want you to notice something there. The first ones to see him alive. Not the disciples, these women. I, tr- I, I, I truly believe that they were his disciples too, by the way. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Hallelujah. Uh, and it says, so they came and held him by his feet, or by the feet, and worshipped him. That was in verse 9 again. On off to verse 10. And he says, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. See, now Jesus is speaking to them. He says, go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Wow. In verses 11 through 15 now, it goes in to say, now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. Remember, these are the guys that, that crucified him. These are the guys that falsely accused him. These are the guys that, that forced Pilate's hand to, to crucify him. So, you know, and <laughs> these are the guys that, that, that uh, uh, how can I put this, were very upset with Pilate putting, here is Jesus, King of the Jews, okay? <laughs> All right? They were just, they were incensed. They said, take it down. These are the guys, because they didn't have nothing to do with them. And see, the problem is now, all about what they've done is, is just shown to be wrong because he's alive. This is going to be a huge problem. And watch how they cover it up. And so it goes on to say, in verse 12, when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, this was not a prayer meeting. This is a board meeting. This is one of those deacon-possessed churches. <laughs> okay? It says, and when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. These guys are paying everybody off. First they paid Judas to betray Jesus. Now they're paying soldiers. All right? Watch, watch this. You can see why Jesus said, you are your father, the devil. All right? And in verse 13, he says, saying, tell them, his disciples. Watch this. Now they're asking them to lie. He says, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. As if they would sleep. These are guards, man. They don't sleep. Guards lose their life over stuff like this. This is ridiculous. These people are trained to stay awake. If they're on guard duty, they're on guard duty. They're not sleeping. All right? But this, this is just all ridiculous. Anyway, <clears throat> he said again, his disciples came and I stole him away while we, were, while we slept. Verse 14, it says, and if this comes to the governor's ear, we will appease him and make you secure. They're still lying. They don't have any power over the governor. Are you, are you seeing this? And verse 15, these stupid guys, okay, so they took the money. So this is the reason why, you know, it's money, you know, drool, drool dribble. All right, they took the money, did as they were instructed. And this saying, listen, this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So when the Jews say, no, the Messiah hasn't come, it's because these guys lied. In other words, the entire Jewish faith is based on a lie, all because of a handful of corrupt soldiers and these chief priests who are probably in hell, sorely regretting their actions. And just as Jesus said in Luke uh, 13, 28, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see 
Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourself thrust out. You don't think these guys went to heaven, do you? Yeah, but we're of Abraham. Well, they went to hell anyway. And that's why Jesus kept warning them about, don't think because you're the seed of Abraham, you're going to heaven automatically. Hallelujah. Now, returning to Matthew chapter 28, the gospel concludes by saying in verses 16 through 18, <clears throat> then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, remember it's 11 now because one hung himself, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them, verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So notice it said some doubted, it didn't say Thomas doubted, it said some doubted, which means there were others that doubted, but only Thomas persisted in his doubt. Anyway, and verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, watch this, see this is what all this was about. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he goes in to say, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's done. All right, and verse 20, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, that, that commanded you, you know, in all things are the gospels, are the epistles. He's saying everything I taught you. This isn't about all the laws. It's saying everything I taught you. When he said, you know, when he was saying, look at the birds of the field and all of that stuff. He's saying, share that with everyone. Let everybody know the things I taught you about God and, and all those beautiful things that you learned. I'd like to take you back to 1 John 3 and verse 8 because there's something very specific that's, that's actually brought out there where it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why it was so important, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. He destroyed the works of the devil. And he said, because it's been destroyed, he says, now go make disciples. Amen? Uh, at this time, so now we're, we're back in heaven, all right? And at this time when he returns to heaven, and takes his right, rightful place as God once again. Uh, Stephen actually gets to see this in the last moments of his life. And it says in Acts chapter 7 verse 26. I know I'm really going fast here. But I, I really want to keep this moving. He's, when, when, remember when he was being stoned? He said, look, I see the heavens open. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So Jesus, we, we've, we've gone from him being in hell, defeating the devil, to coming up to this earth. Speaking to his disciples, the women, his disciples, doing what he needed to do, and then ascending back into heaven. He went there, he came back, all right? And, and he says, but this time he goes back to heaven to take his rightful place at the right hand of God, which is tremendous. And, that, you know, resurrection is about the resurrection of Christ, not a Christ that is still hanging on a cross. And so I want to give you a picture of him now. Can I do that as we conclude? In Revelation chapter 1, verse, and verses 13 through 18, it says, And standing in the middle of the lampstands was the Son of Man. He's been referred to that as well. Remember when he said, For the Son of Man has come, so on and so forth, okay, in the Gospels? So it, it, we know it's referring to him. It says, uh, again, standing in the middle uh, of the lampstands was the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Verse 14, it says his head and his hair were white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were bright like flames of fire. Verse 15, his feet were as bright as bronze. Can you see this? Okay. Refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He didn't have a squeaky little voice. <laughs> All right. Verse 16, he, it said he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was as bright as the sun in all 
It's brilliant. In other words, you know, if you could just get to the sun as close as and look at it, that's how he looked. All right. Verse 17. And this is John speaking. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Isn't this beautiful? As amazing, as glorious as Jesus looks, he still is love. Amen. And love reaches down and puts his hand on John. And he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, he says, I am the living one who died. Did you see that? Okay. Jesus himself tells us that he did die. He just wasn't wounded very badly. Okay. And they didn't nurse him back to life. It says, he says, that, he says again that I am the living one who died. And he says, look, I'm alive forever, uh, forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. See, this is why he said, I've given you authority. That's why one of the things he said was, you know, uh, go uh, heal everybody, raise the dead, do everything that I did. And in fact, he, he went on to say in the gospel of John, he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the father. Guess what? He's there now. So we should be doing greater works. Anyway, this is who we serve and this is who we call Lord. And what's more, this is who lives on the inside of each and every one of us. Amen. That's the reason the Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. We're going to get there, all right, <laughs> one of these years. Um, he says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith, or it says our faith, but the King James uh, says even our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe Jesus is the Son of God? Well, you are a world overcomer. Hallelujah. Do you know why? Because he rose from the dead, and this is what he looks like now. I've, I've given you a picture of what he looks like now. That's who lives in you. Added to this, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2, 6, I love this verse. Where it says, God raised us up with Christ. Do you know when Christ was raised up? The, the moment that we received him as Lord, we were seated with him. We, we, went, we became a part of him. That's why it says that we are now the body of Christ. Do you get that? We were joined to his body. We became one with him. And that's why he says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. See, it's all in Christ. That's why people say, well, you have your religion. I don't have religion. I have Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's a difference. Religion doesn't seat you in heavenly places. Christ does. Amen. That's why the Apostle John says, as I conclude, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, listen, that we should be called the children of God. Do you get this now? We don't only have a resurrected Christ living on the inside of us. We are now, because of Jesus Christ, God's own children. Hallelujah. And that's where we take comfort. That's who we put our trust in. God's love for us. That's why he said, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed. It, this is God's love toward us to want to look after us. Amen. That's the great news today, family. That we have a resurrected Lord, a Lord that overcame everything and hell itself. And so whatever hell spits out in the form of sickness, disease, or poverty, or anything else, the person that overcame all of it lives in you. 
And he can resurrect your finances. He can resurrect your health. He can resurrect anything in your life. That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. <laughs>